2: Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of our TGT podcast series. We've not done one of these in quite some time and what a day to return to the show in particular. Of course, big news dropping this afternoon as it is confirmed that Arsenal have indeed agreed a deal with Gabriel Jesus and Manchester City to complete a £45 million transfer of the Brazilian forward who will become an Arsenal player next season to do so and chat about that and a lot more as well i'm going to be joined by as many as six of our discord members over the next hour splitting the show into two halves with our first three guests on for the first half an hour and then our next three guests on for the second half good afternoon everybody joining us in the chat boys good morning good evening good evening afternoon wherever you happen to be in the world of course do make sure you drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a any show whatsoever I mean if you don't if you don't turn them on you won't know when we're dropping these random ones like we've done over the last few days or so but without further ado let's introduce to you my guests for the first half an hour of today's show first of all it's Jordan, Jordan how, how do you doing know, mate hey. you good hey good to be here glad to be on again good stuff indeed Uh let's bring in our, our next I believe we've got a couple of Davies going coming on today's show which is also great we're also joined by David how you doing David you're good I'm Very good indeed, my friends. Very good indeed. And making up our panel of four, we've also got Ogie. How are you doing, Ogie? You good?
1: Yeah, good. Pleasure, pleasure. Nice to be here.
2: Absolutely. Good to have some Davies <coughs> on the show as always. So we kick off, I think, in the obvious place, Jordan, which is reaction to this news that Gabriel Jesus will become an Arsenal player. So talk me through what you're feeling right now.
0: I'm honestly overjoyed. I think that a striker was definitely something that we needed, and um, I always kind of liked Jesus from, you know, like other games for Man City about the years. But I was never fully convinced of him just because you know he was always behind Aguero. But then I definitely saw it through, you know through all the tactical breakdowns, and other little stuff too. Like by the, end of the way, by the way he ended the season, that he definitely had the ability to be a a great striker. And I think he'll be a, a perfect with us and our Brazilian culture we're building
2: now. <laughs> yeah, we are. It's mad how many Brazilian players are starting to arrive at the club. Hopefully, Jesus isn't the last one uh, of the window because uh, obviously we'd much rather see uh, Rafinha added to that list as well. Uh, Ogi, give me your thoughts, mate, about where you're sitting on Gabriel Jesus. Um, sitting
1: sitting in a very classy place. Love it. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's been a long time coming. And um am super excited. I was listening to... Um, uh pep this morning basically belt you know jesus being one of the top pressing monsters (laughs) and Mm -hmm. i'm like well that's the guy we signed um super stoked super stoked um a couple of mates are did you know taking a a piss on a group saying oh well that's not the only striker you need and Mm -hmm. i'm like um he'll do (laughs) you know so i'm super super excited
2: yeah, I'm sure you're not alone either whatsoever. Let's <coughs> finally get David's initial thoughts. David, how are you feeling about this?
3: Yeah, it's a good sign. And At the end of the day, you know, it um, kind of fits the same profile that we have played from um, Lacazette. But again, it's just a more clinical player, a player that's younger, quick on the ball and stuff like that, better movement. So at the end of the day, it should help us, especially in that um in that um, front area where we kind of need a bit more goals. So, yeah. So far.
2: yeah absolutely absolutely indeed let's focus in on jesus specifically as a player on kind of what he's going to bring to arsenal next season jordan of course we've we've gone through a fair few strikers in the last decade or so but most recently we had a bamiang and lacazette what do you think the difference is that jesus is going to bring that we weren't previously getting with with a bamiang and lacazette last year
0: well i definitely think that he brings a definitely his ability to play right wing and center at an efficient rate, but also, I, I think he also um, I've seen a, his hold-up play actually is very good in link-up play, and be able to do that especially our team definitely relies a lot on the wingers to, to, to be able to score the goal and make the assist <coughs> that he uh, makes the right runs, and also our team is really big and pressing, and as hmm. like everyone says, he's a pressing monster, as they say, so that's definitely going to be key for us in how we want to
2: and defense. Yeah, that seems to be kind of a requisite, doesn't it, of what Arteta asks for from his players. They need to have energy and they need to be able to push and and pressure the opposition team. I mean, Ogi. when I talk to people about kind of the, the style of player that Arsenal want to sign and specifically kind of the profile, we've always talked about Arsenal needing to go for players that would get into Manchester City's team, get into Liverpool's team. That's the only way that we're going to close the gap with these sides. Despite him leaving Man City, do you still think he fulfills that criteria?
1: Oh, 100%. 100%. The thing I find very more um, appealing about the signing of of Gabriel Jesus, so the the way I kind of conceptualize it is Mm. that he brings with Jesus, what you're seeing is this collective team-based identity. You know what I mean? As as opposed to, say, sign a player like uh, <clears throat> Ossiman, where you kind of have that individualized, like, you know, I'm going to be the one to, you know, get the goals myself. But with Jesus, you see him for that, you know, team orientation in terms of him being a pressing monster, team orientation in terms of him being able to play multiple posi- uh, positions, team orientation in terms of him bringing other people into play. Right. So we're seeing an uptake from we're gonna be seeing a hot take from Saka. I don't wanna I don't want to mention Rafina yet, but <laughs> but Martinelli and ESR, such such just such a wonderful player, such a wonderful player.
2: Mm. Yeah, and also David, it's his creativity, <clears> you know, as well. It's not just goals that he adds, he adds creativity. He's got so many assists for Manchester City last season. Yes, he was playing in the very you know dominant side that Manchester City are but he's created opportunities for so many of his teammates and been asked to play in those wide positions. I don't know if you managed to catch that interview that Tim Vickery did with Sky Sports where he kind of went viral on, on social media talking about how the fact that the Brazilian coach had said that he'd told him that he's more of a winger than a striker. Does that, does that worry you in any way? Or do you think like he's going to appreciate coming to Arsenal as their number nine?
3: Not at all. Like at the end of the day, I think people got to take that comment with a lot of context. Again, it was four mm-hmm. years ago right after a bad world cup where he was supposed to be the main striker getting all the goals and i think a lot of people like to take that out of context and think that that's how he feels currently again that was a guy coming up bad tournament 21 years of age he's 25 he's been a good man city team has a lot more experience has a lot more confidence in himself and at the end of the day that's what we want coming into awesome you want that confident guy that wants to prove a point, wants to prove prove a lot of the daughters wrong. And at the end of the day, it's just going to be a better, a better thing for us. You know, like a guy that wants to take players on that wants to drop the end, that wants to do what the manager wants, because at the end of the day, we all know what a lot of these deals this summer are really going to be about. It's going to be about, mm. you know, the world cup in a couple months. And if he can play well in these first three or four months, start to show that he's that main guy, you know, I'm pretty sure like there's like Maybe one more break in between Dan. If he can get in Dan, he's obviously going to make the World Cup and he wants to be starting. He wants to prove people wrong yet again. And that's what we want. Mm,
2: absolutely. Um, thank you for the donation from Fat Baby Ambulance, uh, Ambiance, sorry, uh, who says, uh, Big Up Fellas, which players do you see leaving Arsenal? Jordan, I'll throw this question to you. Um, which players do you think are at the club do you see not in an Arsenal shirt next season? <clears throat>
0: Well, the, you know, the main one's always, you, you think of Leno, you think
2: of... Oh, we've lost your microphone, Jordan, just for a second. I can't hear a word you're saying. I don't know why. Um, take it out and put it back in again. That might be the way to fix it, but... Uh, that you've might got be the on... way to fix it, but uh, you've got... And now I can hear myself, which is great. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get Jordan back in just a second and hopefully it, it works for us. Jordan, let's try again. We're going to try and get Jordan back in a second, I think. Why don't you take over, Ogi, in, re- in regards to answering that question on the screen?
1: Um, for me, uh, definitely Leno. Um, obviously, with Mark Turner coming in and Ram still in goal, I definitely don't see him uh, being there next season. Definitely. Okay. And then we're looking at players like uh, Maitland-Niles, um, Bellerin, um, Torera, definitely. Pablo Marie. um you know what, Reese <laughs> Nelson. Um, I'm not. You know what? I, I see him leaving as well, but I could. I could kind of equally see him staying. Um, and um, who else? Yeah, I, suppose I think
2: you've got Pablo Marie, You've got uh, Hector Bellerin. I've, we've mentioned Ainsley Maitland Niles. Um, um can move on. Tavares. Yeah, Tavares, absolutely. Tavares. Yeah, Tavares. Let me ask you guys a question, real quick yeah go for it man. because we've heard, we've heard we've heard a lot of this
3: stuff about yuri tillens if we get him potentially that means that we gotta <laughs> move somebody out in that midfield do you feel that this whole thing about granite jack potentially leaving do you think that that's actually real and and do you feel that how, that, that would actually be you know a positive thing for awesome because for me personally i don't think that we should be moving on granite chapter i know in the mm-hmm. discord chat these guys got joke around and say that we gotta move him out that he needs to go and stuff like that but I think some of them
2: aren't joking this... <laughs> <It's just laughs> yeah, time, exactly. yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. So i'm at a point now where it's just like yes i feel that we need to move on from him he needs to be upgraded that's why we need to bring in yuri tillemans we should have brought in a midfielder like him last season mm. but ultimately it's kind of it's kind of the same thing with you know the rafinha the dion um, saka thing with um sandra martinez and gabriel at the end of the day we need numbers and we need experience especially in that midfield it doesn't make sense trying to bring one in and move one out because we're going to need numbers next season. Yeah. The main problem with us last season is that we didn't have enough numbers and people that came in weren't good enough to actually keep the level high. So what do you guys feel? Do you think that we should move Jack one this season or keep him for another season?
2: Let's test if Jordan's audio is back for the question. Are you there, mate? Okay. You good? Yeah, me. Yes, we can. Lovely All stuff. Right. Why don't you tackle David's question?
0: <laughs> okay, so for me, I feel it's tough because I feel like we have last year. He was vital because I feel that uh, this team needed leaders and uh, regardless of all his faults, he is a leader for this team. But I feel like we're coming to that conclusion time where this team is starting to build its own leaders. And they're getting to that point now where I, I would like to have a one more season just because I think as the death for a team, mm. I don't think you'd like to be that. So, I don't know how that's going to work on that part, but um, I think if we had, had actually gotten to the and that if he wanted to leave, I wouldn't be too upset. Just in this scenario, because um, I mean, th- th- there's other routes we can go. Are we going to get another midfield to replace him? Or are we going to try to try to move Conga up to an eight and get, you know, just, uh, and get the season as the option for for backup six but um, I, I feel this team has the possibility that if they needed to sell Shaka because he doesn't want to be with us anymore, then I would do it.
2: Yeah, I think from the chat box, a fair few people are, are talking about moving Jack on as well. Dan Robert, who I know is a big advocate in our Discord server. Uh, I'll drive Xhaka to the airport. T-by-pest um, that we can get around 25 to 30 million. Uh, For Xhaka. Um, Dave says, if we sign our targets, and it's a big if, we absolutely will go to the next level. And maybe that means moving Granite Xhaka onwards. Uh, Anton says, clubs outside England are too poor to pay £30 million for Xhaka. I do tend to agree with that. Uh, NVR says, if Xhaka is the reason that we don't get Yuri, I'll be throwing my PC out of the window, which, uh, you know, is an extreme way to react. I don't think it necessarily is because I think what David was talking about there is important to consider. Um, I think that when we consider the fact that we need to strengthen the squad, it's not about replacing individual players. It's about adding quality to the existing quality that's already in the side. Ogi, do you kind of think along the same lines, or do you think that we need to replace certain individuals?
1: Um, specifically, if it's really about Jacka, I would I would still keep Jacka because um, mm. I, th- I think with Jacka there is a lot of psychological intangibles that. Are there with him, and I think th- I think the manager finds it very very appealing. It's like it's like things that the manager uses, and obviously also uses to kind of um, spur on the players. So in a sense, I kind of see Xhaka as an extension of Mikel on the pitch, and things like that. You don't you can't just get it on the whim. So I think Xhaka still he still has a role, just more of as a stabilizing. And also as a rallying force
3: mm. for
1: a young team. Um, and then I, th- I I think the way our story ends with Jaka Jacques- is him basically saying, you know what, my job is done. And, you know, it's time for me to move on. But till mm. he does, I, I, I think he, he would still have a place at Arsenal.
2: Yeah, I mean, he said, didn't he, that he wanted to achieve something special before he left. I'm not sure what that is or, you know, the context of that or what special constitutes. I don't think he's finishing fifth in the Premier League. So by that, I don't think we're going to see him go anywhere. Um, Just before we move on to the next question. uh, Thank you, Greg, for your donation. If you did mean to leave a comment (coughs) alongside that, do leave your comment in the comment section, Greg, and I'll definitely read it out. I know sometimes people accidentally click the enter button before they've managed to type out their, their thing. But thank you so much for your really kind donation, Greg. And I appreciate the, the regular comments that you leave in the comment sections. I read through all of them. I'm uh, Apologies that I don't get the chance to reply to every uh, one of them every single day. Um, but thank you. A massive thank you to Greg there. Um In regards to the other signings, because I kind of wanted to split this show into two parts, which was the first half being the players that we've signed, hence why I'm talking about Jesus, because it's confirmed now, and the second half being the players that we still might sign. So... Fabio uh, Vieira, David. I mean, came out of nowhere. Really exciting when that kind of thing happens. We love that. Half half kind of love as a journalist from my perspective because obviously, you know, you want to get the scoops, you want to get the information ahead of time, but still as a fan when they come out of nowhere. It's great to know that the club are doing their absolute utmost to try and keep these things behind closed doors and so that when, you know, we're sitting on the 1st of June and I'm doing a show in the morning about our transfers and people are moaning in the chat that we've not done any business yet, we can be reassured that stuff does go on that we just don't hear about. But tell me about your feelings about Fabio Vieira and that signing. The
3: first, my first moment I actually saw it happen was... I was kind of questioning whether they did it on purpose because obviously the day before, East Fasuma was announced that he was going to Tottenham, and then all of yeah. a sudden out of nowhere we bring up this this kid that no one really knows about. But then within like five ten minutes of the first tweet, all of a sudden it's done. You know, we have our first sign and our, our like our first proper signing through the door, and I think a lot of people kind of you know were 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 surprised. I think it's probably the best thing for these guys to actually do it kind of roll it out like that and no one really knew about it. But getting onto the actual player, um look, at the end of the day, I don't think like most people before he was announced really knew about him. But obviously within the last two weeks, so you know, since we've actually um seen that he's come in and more information has been provided. We've kind of heard a bit more stuff about the experts that actually watch him week in and week out and stuff like that. I think it's actually a pretty good sign. Um I think it's primarily supposed to be about trying to bring in a bit more creativity and a bit more kind of quality, kind of in between the lines, shots outside the box and stuff like that, trying to pick out players because that's, again, another thing that we need. Um, and, probably other, and probably the other thing is that, again, it's more backup. It's more options to bring off the bench, you know, because one of the things that we were worried about last season was a lot of our main players getting getting injured and stuff like that. And luckily, a guy like Juan Nodegaard didn't get injured. He wasn't out. he be able to play most of the time. So I think just, you know, they're trying to deal with Fiengham, with Lissandra um, Martinez. I think they are trying to bring this guy in to try and bring a bit more options, a bit more um, creativity to the team. And, all, and again, that's only going to be a, um, a positive thing for us. Mm-hmm. And really, he and probably Lissandra Martinez, for me, is probably the most interesting players that I'm... Um, I'm
2: looking forward to see. Yeah, I mean, if Sandra Martinez. If we get that deal done, is 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 such a smart piece of business by Arsenal, and I'll be looking forward to seeing what happens there. Um, Jordan, obviously, the other interesting signing that really came out of nowhere that we weren't really expecting was the the youngster Marquinhos. I'm not expecting you to be an expert in you know uh, Brazilian football out of nowhere, but that type of signing we've seen before in the form of Gabriel Martinelli. You know, Edu was obviously been a big part of this one. He wasn't a massive part of the, the Martinelli deal, but do you think there's an element of we need to continue to kind of you know, keep the conveyor belt running, if you like, of these young, talented signings that we can make for small amounts of money?
0: Yeah, no. A lot of people, they were upset that that do actually paid for him, but to me, honestly, mm. I think it's paying forward for him because I think Marquinhos... He, um, he's not. I say that, but you, know, you never know. But mm. I think in this current scenario that at this season he'll go out on loan, and that next season we'll really see what's happening. Because I think next season, one, I, I don't know. It, it's just kind of my, my hot take, but I think either either one of Smithrow or. Um, Sorry, my dog, he's coming in now. But um,
2: That's all right. Um, all right. Smiths, throw. There's worse things that could walk Mar- through the door. Let's this thing <laughs> That's true. I mean,
0: yeah. There's the random door. Like, what the heck is going on?
2: No, but <laughs> uh,
0: uh, I think he or, Mar- or Smith throw might leave next season. This is my hot take. But I think competition for, for places and wanting to play that someone's going to want to pay for them. And um, I think that the that, that, that pieces like Marquinhos Mar- 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 that you, you get small and you – Allow them to put themselves up, you know, get that confidence. They can be the, you know, the, the, the replacement to come in next season. But you, you never know. But uh, like I said, having that good, consistent run of young people coming in mm. take the spot is never bad.
2: Absolutely, um, Ogie, In regards to the other player, uh, he's not the most exciting. You know, it's not the most fashionable signing in the world. Bringing in a goalkeeper, but Matt Turner was secured pretty much in January. You know, that deal we've known about for a long, long time. Um, he, he will come in to replace Burn Leno. We're expecting him to move on. Obviously, those based in the US will know a lot more than me uh, about the goalkeeper. But it's, it's good to know kind of that deal was done well ahead of time. And, that you know, it was another example of the preparation of this summer.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like with with uh, Mikel and Edu, um, they're... <laughs> When I think about um, this uh, Matt Turner and when I think of Marquinhos, I kind of mm. think of, and even to be honest, uh, Pablo Vieira, I kind of think of it more as trusting Mikel and Edu type signings. <laughs> mm. You know what I mean? Because uh, for me, not players I really knew a lot about, but then in seeing kind of how they've um, been you know, going about their business, in in trying to ensure that obviously key details or key gaps in the teams are filled. I'm like, okay. But, but the funny thing with uh, Turner though, is I've kind of heard uh, a little bit of like um, probably contradictory reports. On one hand, he's this phenomenal, uh, phenomenal shot stopper. Mm. But on the other hand he's this player who's not really too good with his feet. Mm. Right, in terms of, you know, like progressing the ball. And so I'm, I'm it's kind of one of those. I'm like looking at Mikel and Edward, I'm like, hey, that's your boy. We'll see.
2: Mm. <laughs> uh, but do you feel like, because I mean, Arteta, one of the big demands that Arteta has had from goalkeepers is that, they are able to play with their feet. I also, when this was kind of first talked about back in January, um, heard those same rumours. And yet, despite that, and having done a little bit more research into it and, and spoken to a few more experts, is actually one of the parts of his game that has improved significantly across the last 12 months is his delivery out from the back, both with his hands and with his feet. I, does it encourage you that knowing what the type of goalkeeper Arteta likes, they probably wouldn't be after a goalkeeper that didn't have that ability?
1: Actually, that's that's a good that's a good point. That's a good point. And I just, you know, what? Yes, I, I would I would definitely say that because there just there just seems to be um and, and I was musing this you know prior to coming on um mm. and this is a question for for you three gentlemen during uh, most of Wenga's time in Arsenal. Do you feel as a fan you were ever this involved slash in the know about transfer deal? No, 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 no I mean, I'm not in the know in terms of like Yeah, I know
2: what you mean. I, yeah. Yeah, you
1: know what I mean? Like, like, oh, we have this
2: tracking offer. it every day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: and also just more in terms of like feeling specific um um positional needs. Like for instance, we need to get a backup for Saka. Oh, we need a striker. Like it almost seems like the, the average Arsenal fan fan now are more in to know about what the potential squad gaps that needs to be filled will be mm. than it than in Wenger's. Because if you think think about it, for instance, Ozil, right when Ozil came in, uh, we had n- no clue the attacking midfield area was was the one mm. that needed to be filled. So that's I was just kind of amused in that.
2: David, why don't you tackle it? You know, it's, it's
3: it's funny thing because I'm pretty sure that over the past two years, if anything, me, and Antena and Edu and I think the club have actually minimized the amount of information that actually gets put out. You know, you don't really hear a lot about what's actually happening on the um on the training ground, what's happening in the club. That's why we're able to have, you know, the um the um Fabio Vieira. We're able to have these disinformation out of nowhere. But going on from what from what ogie's saying i think it's i think it's probably a result of us having just a bit more information at our hands especially with like social media and stuff like that mm-hmm. It's always constant information going out and out and out and when we're actually looking at you know the squad and players and stuff like that this is probably the only thing right now like pretty much like, like the, for me at least this is the reason why i continue to defend Arteta, and i keep one you know trying to go with him because at the end of the day for the first time maybe five or ten years since then it feels like this is the first time that I also have actually moved with a plan yeah that everybody can actually you know look at and actually acknowledge yeah and again like 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 even to go to stuff like the players we're trying to bring in it's always the same profile of a play we're not actually looking at positions anymore we're actually looking at profiles of player that actually fit into the system that mika they're trying to bring in and that's what people need to understand you know we're trying to look at young players players with high potential the versatile the technical on the ball and also have you know good um good work ethic and good attitude and that's that's what Mikhail Tata wants to bring. This is what Mikhail Tata wants to do, is what he wants to, you know, he, and and I understand where a lot of other fans may want to have their own kind of, you know, choices when it comes to players. People may want to look at I and on Tillemans, um, maybe, you know, other players here and there, but at the end of the day, this is the first time that I can as an author fan trust what these guys are doing and trust the information that's coming out of the club, because ultimately it seems like these guys do actually know what they're doing. And I think people just got to get on board and just kind of follow for a little bit, you know, just see, because we all improve and we are getting better. And at least we are looking like we are moving a bit smarter.
2: Mm, yeah, absolutely. I mean, smart is the word for me, you know, it's the first time I see Like, also we've learned from mistakes in the market. You know, when Arteta first came in and we bought William, Runison. I know we did a couple of decent deals, with, well, very decent deals in Gabriel and parte that summer, but, you know, William was moved on a year after he arrived. You know, it was on both parties. We, re- we recognised that it wasn't working. We moved on. I'm very fortunate to William. He was happy to kind of, you know, rip up his contract at that point. But we recognised that that wasn't the way forwards for us and that it wasn't working out. And also that he's the first manager, or I say the first manager because we haven't had that many, but it's been the first time in a long time that, we recognized we needed improvement at centre back. So we've gone and spent so far 75, 80 million pounds at centre back on Gabriel and White. That'll probably tip over the 100 pound mark, 100 million pound mark when we hopefully bring in Lissandro Martinez. We know we needed a world class central midfielder when we brought in Thomas Partey, and hopefully we can add to that this summer as well. It's that level of responsibility I think that's added to the team that, that we've seen mm-hmm. under Arteta and Edu the final question before uh, we bring in our next three guests of today's episode is to answer a very simple yes or no question and that's the question that's on today's thumbnail of the show which is is this going to be the best Arsenal transfer window in the club's history Jordan we'll start with you uh, is is it is it going to be the best window wow. we've ever seen
0: okay oh, this is this is intense okay <laughs> um I can't think of anything if we got all the names that we're linked with right now, then in my lifetime, probably yes. I don't know anything else.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay. What do you think?
1: It's looking like it's looking like it's gonna be. <laughs> uh if we if we like Jordan said, if we get everyone that we've been linked with, like if, if we if we get Lissandra in, if we get yeah, bar none.
2: And
3: David, yes. just like you, you know, just like everybody else, yes, you know, we're bringing in quality, we're bringing in players that will get into these other teams that we want to be um, improving against. So
0: obviously, if we got Telemans, if we got Jesus, oh if we got Jesus, if we got Telemans and we got Lissandro and Rafinha. That I'd have to say, it, yeah.
2: What if it was It'd just Lassandro and, and Rafinha? <laughs> say just them,
0: try. then. I'd be very happy, but I'd still be slightly concerned about the midfield, but we just...
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We have to,
2: just the <laughs> there you go. Out of 10, I'd probably... If we ended up doing that... I mean, if Tielemans is added as well, you know, if it was just, say, Rafinha and Lissandra Martínez, <clears throat> I'd probably give it a nine nine 9.5. You know, if we brought in the central midfielder, I think that would probably tip it over to the 10 out of 10 um, situation. I mean, anyone disagree with that? I think that's probably... About so how we'd feel, yeah.
3: Yeah, look, and, like, and Adian, look, Adian Saliba coming back. Oh, yeah. He's
2: like a new
0: signing, a new the contract. famous thing. Well, oh, yeah. And Saliba contract if, potential. If he got that, I'd be, like, if, I'd be like, I do. Yeah, Bar-Pesan. it's
2: a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Bar-Pesan. He's told to do as many barbecues as he likes. If he pulls <laughs> okay. that off. I, th-
1: I think my mantra going into this season is, if someone tells you they are who they are, believe them. And that's basically speaking to Mikel Aterra. He's told us who he is. We just have
0: to believe
2: him. Ooh. Good way to end our first section, hey. Ogie. Thank you so much, guys, for coming on. Jordan, thank you so much for coming on. Tell people where they can find you. Uh,
0: it's uh, Jordan
2: Henley on Twitter, and that's pretty much it, and Discord. Lovely stuff. Thank you for coming on, mates. Ogie, fantastic debut, my friend. Yes, sir. And, uh, thanks for coming on. Tell people where they can find you.
1: Yeah, ogie 213 on Twitter. That's it.
2: Lovely stuff. And finally, David, thank you so much as well for making up our panel today. Tell people they can find you.
3: Appreciate it, guys. I'm from the school with Dave, Taco. Yeah, on Instagram.
2: Lovely stuff. Easy peasy. Love to see it. A massive thank you to our first three guests of our two-part show today. Boys, absolute pleasure as always, and I'll catch you again very soon.
3: Thank you. Sure.
2: Have a good one, guys. A massive thank you to Ogi and David and Jordan for coming on the first part of today's show. This is not the end of today's show. This is happening in two parts, and we're going to introduce to you our next three guests very shortly. Before we do, just to dip into the chat box, uh, we had a super chat come in from the real Yanis, who says, if we sign all the players we need, it probably will be our best window. A solid one. The question would be, uh, would it be a fantastic window or is it the best of a bad bunch of windows? We've had our fair share of bad ones. That's fair to say. Um, but I think if we, as we just talked about, if we get all those players in, it would be pretty incredible as windows go. Uh, Fab, but Fat Baby yeah, Ambion says, uh, I just laugh because it's one of the most hilarious YouTube names I've seen. Uh, says, do you think Arsenal will miss not having a target man up front? It's a good and fair question because a lot of us have always talked about having kind of that tall striker. Will they? Add anything to Arsenal, and not having that player—is that going to be a problem when we're trying to put cross into the box? Perhaps it's something that we see towards the end of the window. Arsenal maybe looking to bring someone in on loan um, in that kind of target man type. Let's move on to the second part of today's show and bring in our next three guests. First of all, it's Dan. How are you doing, Dan? You good? You well? Yeah, I'm
4: really good. Thank you. Good to see the the news on Hades today. So I'm excited. Mm.
2: Absolutely. We're going to get some more reactions to that in just a second. We're also joined by Sasha. How are you doing,
5: Sasha? you good? Yeah, I'm great. It's been a while since I've been on, so it's good to be back.
2: Are you so familiar coming on now that you don't need to put your number of appearances in your name? Is yeah, it?
5: it's for the Discord only. If you want to see how many appearances I have, you have to join the Discord.
2: <laughs> I love that. It's like a Discord exclusive. And finally, <laughs> uh, joining us today and making up our panel of four, it's Jeremy. How you doing, Jeremy? You good?
6: Doing all, doing all right. Uh, Spence to Tottenham, might fall through. It's just a good day all around.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm loving that. Just digging out Spurs straight away. Love it. That's fantastic. Um, let's kick off today's show as we kicked off the first part by getting it, because it'd be unfair if I didn't, and got your boys' reactions to Gabriel Jesus and that deal being confirmed. Dan, tell me how you're feeling about this one.
4: It's really excited me. Uh, just I, I've seen City play, obviously, quite a lot over the last few years, and he just impresses me. And I feel, obviously, at City, he's around a lot of world-class players, uh, Arsenal be slightly different. Whilst I, I think we've got brilliant players and they've all got kind of a potential to be world-class, I, they're not there yet. And I think Jesus will definitely add to the quality that we've got up front. So I, I'm very hopeful and I, I think he can have a very good season. And uh, he's not too dissimilar to Lacazette in the way he kind of helps with the the hold-up play and helps with the, the play around. So I, I'm quite excited to see what, what he's got.
2: Mm, absolutely, yeah. It's, it's it's how he transitions. I think that's the big question. Of course, moving from that city team to to Arsenal. Sasha, do you have any concerns at all about the deal? Like I've just mentioned there, about how he might transition, about how he might acclimatise to specifically playing at striker rather than you know out on the wide positions.
5: Uh, absolutely not. Um, I'm very happy with the deal. Um, Jesus have 54 goals in 99 starts, and Edin Keta has 23 goals in 39 starts, and I think between them. We will easily manage uh, 20 20 goals out of them depending on the time and i bet you at some point this season we will see nketiah at the front and uh issues on the right wing or on the left wing and them even combining and giving us a nice uh, phoning celebration when the one goes to the other one and, the, <laughs> and do the phone thing but uh
2: if they uh, don't depending- do that for the announcement, I'm going to be so annoyed. So annoyed. That has to be involved in some way, surely.
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Eddie has to be involved in the Asus one. I'm quite surprised they didn't uh, double announce it because the hype would have been bad for that one. Because some of us are actually really uh, happy about the Nketi one as well, um, like myself. So having yeah, them but- both now as the strike options just feels uh, good to me. And depending on the on how if, if they can stay fit, um, I think we will be getting uh, loads of goals from them.
2: Lovely stuff. And lastly, Jeremy, Gabriel Jesus is an Arsenal player. How are you feeling about that?
5: Uh, I'm feeling
6: great. Uh, I wouldn't worry too much about him transitioning because, I mean, in the starting lineup, I mean, we're very similar to City, like profile-wise, obviously not quali- quality-wise. Because, you know, like, you know, going from Mares and Sterling, to Sokka and Martinelli is, like, very similar in play mm. style. And also, I feel like the thing most people aren't talking about is just how he can help us exert our dominance on the game and in, in the press, because he doesn't stop. He just keeps on going. Like, Locke is at, you know, was he 30, 31? Like, he was,
3: mm-hmm.
6: after 66, five minutes, he would get gassed. And, you know, it wouldn't be the exact same. But with Jesus up there initiating the press, I feel like we can definitely dominate those games against mid and lower table opposition
2: a lot easier. Yeah, it's a really good point. His energy is is something that Pep Guardiola talks about a lot um, when describing him. Um, If you want to know more about our reaction to Jesus, of course, do rewind to the start of the show where we have three of our other guests uh, with Ogie Jordan and David on. Um, But what we didn't talk about with the previous three is obviously the potential signings that we might see. We discussed the likes of Marquinhos and Turner and Fabio Vieira. But now in this second half, we're going to do some more fun stuff, which is to talk about what might still happen between now and the end of the window. Dan, the big one, as we all know, um, is, well, it's Rafinha. Uh, there's, no, there's no, you know, beating around the bush. It is, it's a very exciting potential player. Um, the latest is, of course, that Arsenal are continuing to push for this. Um, I saw a couple of people in the chat was trying to spread, not spreads themselves, but kind of question about some little rumours about deals breaking down, but that's not been spread across any official or legitimate lines I've seen. So, you know, just chill. Don't worry about that. Just, just yet. Yeah. The latest on this is obviously that Arsenal intend to go in with another <coughs> bid after having their first bid turned down. Uh, Rafinha is currently in Spain with his agent Deco, which as we know in, in Ibiza, which is nearer to Barcelona than it is Arsenal, but Barcelona's financial issues, make that a very difficult deal for them to do, unless, of course, that deal with De Jong pushes through. That might enable them to to make a, a better kind of play for Rafinha if they want to. Even that said, as Mano Dembele's future means that they may still not go for Rafinha because Dembele might prevent that deal from happening. But Dan, how are you feeling about the potential of seeing Rafinha at Arsenal? And how concerned are you about the questioning about how he may fit in, considering Bakayo Saka's presence in the squad?
4: It's something I've actually spoken to a lot. About the last few days to, to some of my friends. I've uh, I've got a bit of a soft spot for Leeds because I went to university there. I know you're the same with Nottingham and uh, the season before last, whenever I'd watched Leeds, it just excited me because of Rafinha and every time I watched Leeds play, he was just unreal and there wasn't another team, obviously apart from Arsenal, that I would watch and be excited to see and he really just tore up the Premier League for, for what I believe and I'd be absolutely buzzing if, if we got uh, Rafinha. The, the difficult one is why are we spending so much on a position where arguably our best player is? And I guess there's a few things around it. Either we're building to a, not necessarily a top four team, but almost a title-winning team. And I'm not saying we're going to win the title next season, but you see what Man City do. They've got world-class players everywhere. Maybe we're adding Rafinha on to just add, to, add goals to the team, not necessarily add to the right wing position, but just to bring more goals into the side. And I think we're adding world-class players around potential world-class players. And it's only going to be a good thing for us. Uh, so I think also with the five sub rule, I think they're both going to see a lot of minutes anyway. We've got multiple games throughout the season. I don't think it's an issue, really. You might also see them play in different positions. The only, and I saw someone in the comments said that Smith-Rowe might not get as many games. And I kind of agree, which is a shame because I think last season, I almost think Smith-Rowe was our best player when he was playing on that left side. And I I don't really want to see him not play, but I don't really know how he he starts all the games if we Mm -hmm. get Rafinha in. But it's something I'm not too bothered out, bothered about, because if we're bringing in a very good player, a world-class player, then and that increases Arsenal's chance of winning trophies again, then I'm all for it.
2: Absolutely. Um, you know, we we've wanted Arsenal to strengthen and be ruthless in the market, and a deal for Rafinha, you know, would certainly be Sasha a signal of that intent to try and. Not only push forwards, but again, taking big Premier League starting quality, which is something that we just didn't do really prior to Arteta's arrival at Arsenal. You know, the, the last big Premier League sign that we made, you know, I'm I'm going all the way back to, to Sol Campbell. You know, that's how far back we're kind of having to go at this stage. You know, we brought in some other starters like Matteo Debushi from Newcastle, if you remember, but I'm really struggling, you know, to think off the top of my head of a Premier League starting player before, you know, this Arteta era where we started to bring in, your, you know, your Ramsdales, your Whites and now Jesus. Can you think of the top of your head of any examples? Because I'm really struggling to think of. And then, of course, your thoughts on on this new kind of method of, of buying.
5: Um, well, Ben White. <laughs> yeah, of course. Proven, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Ramsdale. But yeah, that's what I can think of right now. But um what I want to say is I think Arsenal's really smart in the transfer window um we all thought we were going maybe just for striker and centre mid. maybe spend the most money on just those two poti- positions and one other three signings as a, as what have been reported um but we're actually really smart because if you look at it from the whole picture um what happens if white gets an injury what happens if gabriel gets an injury what happens if the gets an injury what happens if party gets an injury soccer uh nketio is now the striker and um jacca what happens if those players get an injury because then it's going to be a massive dent in the club as well. So we have identified players to come in that position, but not as backups to, uh, to challenge them. And actually it's the best of the two now starts because you have Mm -hmm. William Saliba coming back to challenge Ben White. You have, uh, potentially Alessandro Martinez who covers three positions. He covers the center back for Gabriel, he covers left back for Tieni, and he covers defensive made for the for party. And also the re-signing of Alnani covers that as well. Um, and then Rafinha possibly covers for Saka. But it's also a case of I think more of its six players uh competing for three positions, the six forwards competing for the three positions. Because I can see something um like it might be Jesus starting in the center and Saka on the right, for example. But somewhere in the in the game, you might see Jesus on the left and Saka in the middle, because Arteta's system is so fluid and I can I can see the interchange happening like that as well. So essentially Arsenal have identified areas, key areas, key profiles, and we are chasing those targets and we are uh competing the squad because essentially, uh for example, bringing in Rafinha can only uh improve soccer it won't i don't think it will hinder him as well then just to quickly add on it um Mm. i have here we save 31.2 million in wages only in wages if we sell pellerin pepe leno marie to renaissance and maitland maintenance which all look to be out so if if we if we let them go all for free that's another 31 recoup but we're obviously not gonna let them all go for free so we will have money in even if we don't get Rafinha, don't get Losandro, we've, al- we've already identified the profiles. That's the por- positive thing. So now, we just, if we don't get Rafinha, we just need to go and get the next base similar to Rafinha or Lissandro mm-hmm. in this case. So I don't think it's the end of the world if we don't get Rafinha or Lysandre or so. But um, my, my main concern is the thing that we're not in for Telemans anymore. Because I think the if we if we get Rafinha Alessandro, the main one that's still left for me is the Shaka the position, the left side of eight, the more defensive side of eight, the controlling side of eight. Because if you only have Shaka and Lokonga there, um, I think we might we might run into a problem. But hopefully we can get, you know, uh Telemans or Zunchenko or Sergei Milinkovic Savage if we, if we're going crazy. Um it would be funny maybe i i'm even open for uh author from juventus on loan um adding to the yeah i saw that one uh, adding <laughs> no. to the brazilian connection we already have um and if he if he comes on loan and we keep guard, that won't be the end of the world especially if we do get the other targets then but yeah that's that's Summing up what I have
2: to say. (laughs) Absolutely. No, you summed it up well. Jeremy, um, Rafinha is obviously a player that scored, I think off the top of my head, 10 goals um, last season um, and ended up with just the three assists, but had an XG, for those that watched our tactical breakdown, of, of over eight, I think it was, an XA, sorry, of over eight, an expected assist of over eight which means obviously he is very creative and he wasn't being utilized by Leeds, or rather Leeds weren't benefiting from what creativity he brought to the team. I mentioned Saka a second ago, but I'm interested to your thoughts on it. Do you think that Rafinha's arrival probably means that Saka moves to that left-hand side, or do you see it more of a, a rotational situation more so than, than forced to play together?
6: I see it more as a rotational uh, situation. Again, pointing hmm. at City, Almost no player besides Ederson, and maybe Debrana start, start game in game out. The front three, you'd flip a coin. It can be Sterling, Jesus, Marez, It can be Foden, Grealish. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Again, this is the the World Cups in November to December, and they have to get the whole group stage of the Europa League, and half or sixteen, something like that. A lot of Premier League games done before that as well. And if Saka got hurt, then we would. And and we do offload Pepe, then we'd be in trouble. So we need to not only get competition for Saka, but someone that's not a big drop down on quality. Because we all saw like Partey to El Nani. We all saw that. Wasn't pretty. Well, El Nani's <laughs> yeah. a great squad player, but Partey's a different a different animal.
2: Absolutely. I, I think Partey is just that level above, isn't he? Like you think about when we lost him at the end of last season, Jeremy, we yeah. we really struggled to replace him.
6: Yeah. And with soccer right now, uh, when, we, when we put on Pepe against the Leeds and he had that, that moment where, you know, the goal was empty and he just tried to mm-hmm. cut it back, and you're just like, All right. I know, like, soccer at least shoots it. You know, it's, it's a lot of small yeah. things. But I feel like, like uh, Sasha said, I'm not worried about Telemans. I feel like no one else is really in for him, and they're still asking for too much, so we might come back later in the window and try and get him at a discounted price when they're just desperate to offload him and get something for him. But I do agree that if we don't, and we don't get that left-sided eight, that's not Jacques's role. That's not where he thrives. And he's not a six either. Like The direction the team is going, what Arteta's vision is, Jacques doesn't really fit anywhere, because he's best in a two. He's best next to someone, not by himself as a six or by himself as an eight. So I think we should move, try to move on from him this year and get a Telemans, or you know, if you know if there was a God Lucas Paqueta, but we'll see.
2: Yeah, if there was a God, I love that. <laughs> you know, Lucas Paqueta is a, is quite the talent, that's for sure. Um, I do want to address this because um, I can see it keeps popping up in the chat box. Um, there's a report that's come out by Dario Sports. Um, that says, I mean, uh, it's translated that it says Arsenal pull out of Rafinha race and, and sign City's Gabriel Jesus for over 52 million euros. The lead star continues to block all English offers because his wish is to play for Barca. For those that have seen this and are watching this and going, oh, no, what's going on? Don't, don't panic just yet, because first of all, sport as an outlet are effectively a mouthpiece for Barcelona. Um they are, um, that's where they're based. That's where their information comes from. And and Barca are interested in signing Rafinha. They are just struggling right now with the situation um, financially. So, and also Arsenal have had a bid uh, rejected. Arsenal don't go for players and don't bid for players unless they've got a fair amount of good go-aheads from the players' camp that they would be open. So, the report to suggest that Arsenal or all English offers are being blocked by Rafinha just would be patently untrue because Arsenal just don't operate that way. Um, that's why, you know, you never saw a bid, as I use the example, for Vlaovic, you know, in January. We never bid for Fiorentina. For the, uh, we never sent an official offer in because we never, um, you know, agreed or Vlaovic never made it clear to Arsenal that he would be open to coming. We never managed to break that... Um, or get that agreement, so Arsenal never bid for the player. Um, with with this Rafinha news, you know, just take it with the, the the biggest grain of salt if you can. But I'm sure you'll start seeing it spread across your timeline, because that's of course where it's come from. But uh, there are a lot more reliable sources out there uh, that you should be listening to first. I'm not saying that we want, that this is obviously that Rafinha may not come to Arsenal. Of course, that'd be silly. Um, it, anything can happen at this stage. But just before you lose your minds. Just be aware and, uh, and yeah, aware of the situation. Um, let's let's move forward uh, to some other potential transfers. The other big name, of course, Dan, is Lissandra Martinez, um, Argentinian international, the butcher, uh, as he's known. And uh, Mike from the Gooners Pod, as we know, is a huge, huge fan. And by the way, if you didn't go and check out Mike from the Gooners Pod's breakdown of where Arsenal's money's coming from, definitely make sure you go and check that one out. Um, but what are your thoughts on this guy? I mean... Sasha did a, did a great breakdown on him a second ago about where he can cover, but what are your thoughts on on the player?
4: Well, Mike's already promised to put the butcher on the back of his Arsenal kit, so that says it all really. But I'm I don't know much about the guy. I remember playing him on FIFA and he was he had a good card, uh, but I from what I see, he's a centre back at trait and can fill in in defence in midfield and at left back. And when looking at the team at our side and where we need the depth it probably is back up to Gabriel uh, and then he can obviously fill in if Tierney gets injured but I think we should be signing a Hickey as well as a a Sandro Martinez Mm. basically another left back as well as Martinez personally and I'm not the biggest fan of Xhaka if Martinez can fill in or can play a good role at that position instead of Xhaka I'm all for it I saw your tactical breakdown and he does look a Quality player. No one's no one's seen this breakdown. I, I, I'd give it a watch. Um, so I'm, I'm, it's another player I, I'd get behind, and it will only get Gabriel to be the better player as well.
2: Hmm. Sasha, I know that you've broken down positionally. Um, you, you talked about kind of the midfield position of covering Thomas Partey. Do you think if we were to get Martinez in it, probably might prevent us from thinking of going for a midfielder? Do you think that they would? Be kind of happy with martinez as, as potentially a midfield addition as well
5: oh yeah he's, he's gonna potentially take up a, a floater position um where he comes in in a position where he's needed much like zinchenko almost at manchester city um so when because thomas party gabriel and tierney is not going to play 60 games next season which we potentially might do so there's someone has to play in that position. Uh, if they're unavailable. So, Lissandro Martinez, I think, definitely will play at left-centre-back for us uh, at least a few games, at least probably 10. And then he will probably play um, at left-back and at, at central defensive method. And I think that is a, a, a big reason why um, we are in for because of his versatility. Mm. Um, and then on the Rafinha news, um, I think, I guess it could be true, because it could be... Uh, a case of where Rafinha said, okay, let's wait for Barcelona, but you can come in for me. And that's what Mm. maybe Arsenal did. And Mm. now uh, uh, Barcelona gets the funds, they can go for Rafinha. Or it could be a a, a case of uh, Barcelona putting pressure on Ousmane Dembele to sign the new contract for them. So they create a fake story of Rafinha still coming onto them. Or it could be a case of Ousmane Dembele uh, is, is failing to agree terms and yet now they are going for Rafinha. But from what I remember, or from what I understand correctly is that Barcelona also wants Lewandowski, Jules Kunde, and uh, and Bernardo Silva, and I don't think they're going to get all of them. Uh, Rafinha might be the number one target, but I'm struggling to understand, looking at the Barcelona squad right now, why right wing would be the priority for them unless maybe Usman Dembele really isn't signing. Mm, so yeah, I would take I it. I would take it with <laughs> yeah, I would take it with a pinch of salt. I wouldn't. I wouldn't believe. It. Of course, it's possible. Uh, that we could in two hours time or tomorrow here for Pritchard or David Ornstein say, yeah, we have pulled out of the race for Rafinha. But uh, until that, at least I wouldn't get carried away with it.
2: Mm, yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, you need to temper the expectations a bit, you know, and it's clear that Arsenal are trying to push for a player of Rafinha because that's an area that they want to strengthen. So worst case scenario, we don't get him. You know, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden Arsenal's efforts to sign a player in that ilk stop. You know, that's why Arsenal are trying to do as much as they can early on so that if the targets don't materialize because they missed yeah. on Champions League, they can go e- for ex- other ex- targets.
5: Exactly. And contrary to some Arsenal's uh, fans' beliefs, um, I don't think Edu and the people involved in the transfers are stupid people so i'm pretty sure they know okay we're going in for Rafinha. he's the he's the main guy he's the realistic option uh for the position we most want uh, of the player we most want for that position um which was realistic because obviously they would like Macy for that position that's what i mean with realistic um and then if he doesn't happen then we go on to b and if b doesn't happen we go on to c they have already identified the profile. If Rafinha doesn't come in, I'm sure next on the line is Bowen, as we've heard some rumours of. If Bowen goes out, then maybe Gakbo. We we don't know.
2: Mm. Yeah, there will be a list. There will be a list of targets that they would have significantly scouted. And they will know if they don't get one, another one will be targeted and looked at. Or maybe they go harder for a central midfielder. You know, maybe they then invest more money in that area. Uh, and plans change with, you know, Marquinhos. Maybe instead of going out alone, they they integrate him into the squad and go big for a central midfielder. You know, things can change very quickly in the window as we know all too well. Uh, Jeremy, kind of bringing the conversation back round to Lissandra Martinez as a potential option for Arsenal this summer. How excited does does he make you as, as a potential player? And, you know, originally we put in a bid of £25 million and, you know, we're now talking in figures of upwards of, of £40 million. Is that too high to bring to look to bring in a player that, of, of course, we've already got Gabriel Magalash and players that can play where he plays primarily? Is that is that an an issue for you? Not
6: at all. Gabriel can not play left back. Um, I'm mm. a pessimist when it comes to these things. So to me, a Kieran Tierney injury is inevitable. It's just at this point it, you just have to expect it with yeah. the way with the way he plays and all that. But he tactically and stylistically he just fits us <clears throat> like a like a glove. Right with the three, when we build up with the three, two, when it's Tomiyasu dropping next to White and Gabrielle, he can do he can pass the ball, mate, arguably better and has better range and better turning uh, radius than Gabrielle. When you go to left back, same thing. When he, he can push off the field, like he's not gonna, if he plays left back, I don't expect him to overlap really. He doesn't really bomb forward like that, but still. And also, Partey gets injured and it's. I do want Arteta to put more faith in Lukanga because the only way he's going to improve is by playing, especially in high-stake situations. But you know, if he doesn't think he's ready, then he can also do a job there. Uh, uh you know, being press-resistant and all
2: that. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the 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 fact that he's kind of so mobile is something that will definitely, uh, you know, be attractive for for Mikel Arteta and and what he wants from a kind of defender that can get about the pitch that can play in multiple positions that can keep the ball that can play the ball. That's all of the things that he looks for in, in a defender and and Martinez has that. So we're going to end the show with, of course the question that I asked the other three boys, um, which is the same as the, the thumbnail of today's show, which is, is this going to be Arsenal's best ever transfer window um, kind of Dan, tell me how you're feeling about that as, as a potential reality. In the short
4: answer, I'd say yes. Uh, in my lifetime, anyway, I'm sure when we mm. signed other players, uh, maybe. But I, the thing I have is, do we actually know that Tellemans is our is our top target for that role? And
2: He was, yeah, he was. the But, but the how,
4: this is why I, I don't understand this. How do we actually know that? Because Fabio Vieira came out of absolutely nowhere, mm-hmm. and the same could be the, uh, said for our centre mid number eight position. All we know, it could be someone that no one's mentioned before. No, Edu and Arteta wouldn't have mentioned it to anyone because they like to keep it behind closed doors. And tomorrow we see that in some Spanish outlet we've bid 50 million for someone, and all of a sudden, it, this is what I'm saying. We are, I, I still believe that we're going to sign someone that we don't know is linked to us as of yet. And that's kind yeah. of what excites me. I want to see another Fabio Vieira.
2: Um, well, I mean, and the expectation is you will because Arsenal are, as you say, trying to keep more of this news under wraps.
4: Exactly. So I'm. that's what excites me. But then again, if we get the players that we are linked to, like Rafinha, under the line and we get Lissandra Martinez and we get whether it's Tillemans or someone else in that position, hmm. maybe another left back, especially with really Saliba coming back. I just look at the the depth we'll have. Obviously, players will leave. But I look at the quality of depth we'll have, and I'll be confident that if we lost Gabriel through injury, we'd have good enough replacement. If we lost Saka, we'd have good enough replacement. There are a few positions where I'm still a bit iffy. I think Partey, if he got injured, which he probably most certainly will be, I don't know if I trust Lukonga over a whole season. I think I, I love Lukonga. I think he he's got it in him, but he needs consistent game time, but not at the level I think we want to be. So uh, that's a tough one. And obviously Tierney probably will be injured, as Jeremy said. And mm. can Lissandro Martinez, who is a, a centre-back, can he fill there for the whole, for, for let's say 15, 16 games in a row? So it, it's, all, it's all relative. We'll, we'll see come the end of the window whether it's been the best window. Sasha?
5: Um, well, I've actually uh, liked the way Arsenal have handled this window, uh, not on purpose, but how it planned out. Um, yeah. So in the first few moments, we were um, indecisive and Arteta was frustrated and angry and uh, the certain parts of the fan base is meltdown, rival fans is laughing and then all of a sudden boom, we hit them with everything at, at the same time. We announce Fiera, we um, we uh, announce. Very much Jesus, we talk about Rafinha, Alessandro Martinez, all these people. Um, and I really like that. But to answer your question, um, I think it will depend on other clubs as well. Um, because like we said, Barcelona with Rafinha, um, Manchester United can still come in for Alessandro Martinez, and that might cause a problem because they might offer him a higher wage. Um, mm. And those type of things. But if we do get our first-choice targets, which is reportedly, allegedly, the targets uh, going around right now, then of course it will definitely be the best window. Um, It will be interesting to uh, to see or to hear what certain Arsenal fans come up with. To create negativity if all this, <laughs> if all this do happen. So, yeah, I reckon
2: it will really, be something to do with the amount of money that's spent that's probably the easy go to um, I'm sure
0: I'm
4: sure Ojo will soon let us know
2: <laughs> <laughs> Can't be calling out fellow members when they're not here Dad. that's not fair, oh, yeah. Oh,
4: still yes, fair.
5: <laughs> so But yeah I'm Ojo. actually we'll I'm, 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 I'm very excited now I'm constantly checking news and I actually have hope Opium,
2: so yeah, we'll <laughs> see. <laughs> Milling the opium, absolutely. Um, And lastly, Jeremy, will this be Arsenal's best ever transfer window? Well,
6: obviously, we have to see them play first. But on paper, no, uh,
2: you is... just get off the fence. Come on, just
6: jump. all right. You know what? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, um, the best one, the best one I can remember since I started watching was I remember was it 2012? We got Kazorla, Giroud, and Podolski. I mean, Podolski. I mean, the first two mm. years was something else, but, you know, it was injuries. And we all, I don't yeah, need, I don't even need to tell you how good Santi Cazorla was. And mm-hmm. same yeah, was yeah, Giroud. He go
2: over 100 goals, he, I think we regret yeah. letting him go. in the Yeah. End- <laughs> in the end he,
6: well. he did have that one goal job that we always talk about, but he did score mm. over 100 goals. He was he was brilliant. But you get Rafinha, who's just electrifying, can co- compete on either, for against sock and Martinelli and ESR on either side. You get Tielemans, who's an immense upgrade on Jaca, you know, with the ball. You get Lissandra Martinez, so we don't have to play Rob Holding ever again.
3: Mm.
6: I hope. So whatever. Different different story, different time. <laughs> and and you know, Jesus uh from Lock is that another just huge improvement. Pressing, goals, link up play, all that. It's hard to say the last time we had a uh, window, this exciting
2: I love it when there's an exciting transfer window. There is a part of me that's very worried that if we get all of our transfer business done, I'm gonna have like two months of eight AM shows where I'm wondering what we're gonna talk about for two months, but uh outgoing Do you think,
4: do you think all these transfers, if we do get them in, is gonna put a lot of pressure on us to actually finish in not oh, yeah. just Champions League, but to finish yeah, of better up. No. It's crazy. We I've seen, obviously, our first eight games, I think, are very winnable. If we mm. win all of them, which could well happen, all of a sudden all the fans are going to be annoyed when we don't win the league.
2: Yeah, well, we <laughs> went into last season thinking we were going to beat Brentford away from home and look what happened and things very quickly, <laughs> quickly <laughs> unraveled. So I'm not going to get ahead of myself with that. We'll take every game as it comes. I've never, you know, the worst thing I ever did, I think, was doing that show where we predicted the running. <laughs> it <laughs> just never worked out anywhere close to what we thought so uh, yeah we'll see how that goes um, thank you everybody that's tuned into today's show and a massive thank you again of course to our first three guests Jordan, David and Ogie uh, but again a massive thank you to our latest three guests Chatbox if you could show them some love I would really appreciate that Dan thank you so much for your time man. tell people they can find you Cheers they can find me on Twitter
4: uh, using the handle below and also in the Discord you can also find me at the Emirates Cup Next month, which I'm
2: very excited about. There'll be people searching through the Emirates for really, you now, Dan <laughs> what's gonna happen. Of uh, course. Yes. For those listening on audio only, you can find Dan at D Roberts uh, underscore 14 on Twitter. Uh, Sasha, thank you so much. Have you opened yourself up now to the world of Twitter? Is that what you've done to yourself? Why yeah. is the question? I've, I've been
5: I've been skeptical about Twitter because of the toxicity, if that's Ooh. a word.
2: Yes, yeah.
5: It is. <laughs> um but it's I've, actually
2: I've, in the definition for Twitter I think that's what it is
5: yeah so I've actually um, started engaging in Twitter as well now like tweeting myself and those type of things and I tweeting yourself
2: I've, you need some practice with Twitter because that's not how it works you know if you tweet if you tweet yourself you, you can't have a conversation Sasha what are you gonna do
5: yeah yeah <laughs> funny <laughs> funny um, <All> right. <laughs> so what, I, what I'm trying to say is um, I've actually had a, a positive um, encounter with it should i say it like that uh so yeah if you if you want to follow me i'm svw sports um i'll probably follow you back as well uh, tom a follow from you would be nice as well <laughs> um i like discussing sports uh, statistics finance uh, of sports of course not just in general of sports uh, statistics and finance in sport and then just opinions and it's mostly arsenal related
2: Lovely stuff. Just dropped you a follow for Sasha. You don't ask, you don't get, as they say. So, uh, lovely stuff. Uh, Jeremy, uh, thank you so much for your time, as always. You, I know you're not as self-centered as Sasha and Dan to put your Twitter handle on your profile page there, but if you do want to shout out where people can find you, tell people where they can. My yeah. uh,
6: Twitter's uh, jsmithy 110 That's mostly just football-related stuff. Uh, stuff. Yeah.
2: No. Thanks for your time, Jeremy. Always a pleasure to have you back on the show, as always. And Dan and Sasha as well. Um, and and you guys in the chat box watching. Uh, that's our second show uh, today in the space of what was just about five hours. And both uh, times over a 1,000 of you have been listening, uh, which has been amazing. So thank you so much for the continued support on the channel. Make sure you are showing these guys some love in the comment section. If you're watching on Catch Up, and in the chat box if you are indeed watching live as well. I'll be back as usual tomorrow at 8am to keep you guys up to date. More updates on Rafinha, I'm sure, are set to come uh, as we try and break down what is going to be an interesting evening of conflicting reports I can imagine is going to happen. But there's something that I need to go and watch now. And for those that live in the UK will know exactly what I'm talking about without me even needing to mention it. Um, So we're going to wrap up swiftly. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Drop a like on the video if you've enjoyed it. And even if you haven't, and subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. See you soon and as always, I'll the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates are around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.